This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Who gonna check me, boo? And Barry Rosenfeld I need to start drinking alcohol Now go to sleep, we Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mention It All podcast I'm Dylan Hafer And I'm Barry Rosenfeld And welcome back to (laughs) another (laughs) amazing episode we are, I feel like we're in a very um, laughing mood right now, just having a good time, free and easy. It's Thursday, it's about to be a holiday weekend, you know, the vibe is good. Yeah, I mean, and it's for the one day this week that it's not raining. Literally, it's rained every day, and I think it's supposed to rain every day for the upcoming weekend, which is somewhat exciting because maybe if it rains, people will stay inside. <laughs> People, the the cases are surging, so use your brain. Um, Today we have some very fun stuff to talk about. We have new episodes of Below Deck Med and Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles. And speaking of Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles, we have a very special interview with Tracy Tudor at the end of this episode. Say it louder for the people in the back. We have new episodes. Woo! I know. I'm so excited. Um, Real Housewives of New York comes back tonight. So we will be talking about that on tomorrow's episode. Next week, we've got Beverly Hills new, Ugh, finally. It's like, it's like nothing's ever changed, you know? Pot- no. Potomac <laughs> premieres exactly a month from today. We got, the, we got the taglines yesterday. Those are very fun, very good. So um, basically, we're like the news, okay? Like, we are the news. And speaking news. of news, yeah, we're the news. <laughs> we have something I alerted Dylan this morning because we have another Bravo news in other bravo news <laughs> heather dubro ex real housewife of orange county and dr terry dubro current plastic surgeon on botched <laughs> are coming out with a show like okay i have seen it's called the seven year stitch which is like it sounds Very like a cute. lifetime drama no i don't know but i am a huge fan of the couple in general i actually have always wanted heather to come back Partially because I want to see their new house, but other than that, whatever. Um, I don't know, like, what this show's going to be. Okay, about. the thing is, I like, I love, I think Heather was great on Real Housewives. Her seasons are some of the best of OC for sure. I love their dynamic together, but the the whole premise of this show just doesn't sound like something I'm actually going to watch. Yeah. It's basically, so it's couples that have been married for approximately seven years, because the whole thing, it's like the Marilyn Monroe movie, Seven Year Itch, like, you're married for seven years and you start to be get bored or whatever and so they're having these couples on a long time to get bored i know it sounds like it's basically a mix of couples therapy and plastic surgery okay want to hear what my idea of this exact show should have been it should have been couples who have gotten so much plastic surgery throughout their seven-year marriage that they try to figure out what they like used to look like jesus (laughs) christ did you did you ever watch the show bridal plasty no. Oh my God. It was iconic. There was only one season. It was like 
probably like eight years ago or something. And it was all of these women who were engaged and they were like living in a house and every week they would compete in these challenges and whoever won the challenge got a procedure off of their list. And <laughs> so, so funny. It was insane because they, so if you had your procedure the previous week, then you would have to sit out the next week, not because you- For healing. For, for healing. healing. <laughs> so literally there's these like contact sport challenges and then there's these women sitting on the sidelines that are like, oh, like I can't compete because my boobs are fresh or like because my I saw bandages on my face. My plastic surgeon said I shouldn't have balls flying at my face. Name that movie. Name that movie. Mean Girls. Dylan, you're better than that. What'd you say? Mean Girls. No. Clueless. You weren't born yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was born yet. Oh, my God. Stop it. Okay. Wait. Um, but so bridal classy Shoot. was oh. a mess. But I feel like this is going to be a little more classy, but it's still on ease. Classy, so like- yet still a mess. I personally love botched. I, I love watching botched in the same respect I have for Million Dollar Listing, where it's like, it educates me like because they have a teaching part of the show where they tell you like what they're doing. And my favorite part of botch is that they do turn people away. Like those people that are addicted to plastic surgery and they're like, right. I'm not doing this to you. Anyway, been, this is not yeah. an E podcast. This is a Bravo <laughs> podcast. We, yeah. We, we can't talk about an E show for more than like three minutes or else we turn into dust. Um, but so, okay, so this week on Below Deck Med, it's a very exciting episode because Bugsy arrives. We have her coming in to replace Lara, the Italian nightmare. And it is just, it's so funny to me because we talked about this last week, but Hannah, I love Hannah. I'm totally team Hannah, but she has the biggest stick up her ass when it comes to working with people. And so she just Which is cannot. a massive red flag because you, <laughs> like Dylan, you, you work with people. But that's actually funny you said that because I am, like I said last week, going to catch up. I'm right now on season four of Below Deck. Yes, I have watched the entire series this, this past week because I can't turn it off. So I am very caught up with how Hannah is literally working with everyone. And it's yep. funny. She's, yeah, no, like I've seen her go through every single like, cast member and she likes things her particular way like she but I said to you the other day like she takes being chief stew as like she is head of like NASA like it's right, a like, very serious job for her some poor girl <laughs> that's working under her is like earnestly doing her best and she's like look sweetie I don't want to hear your complaints just get in the laundry and it's like every single she- season I've done my, like, she keeps saying, like, I've done it. I've done it. And, like, we know that's how you move up. But, like, don't treat them like they're Cinderella's stepsisters. Like, they're just working their way up as well, you know? The one thing I will say about Hannah, I don't know if you have agreed with this, but I think Captain Sandy has been sort of, like, unfairly harsh on her compared to some of the guys in the past. And that frustrates me. But, yeah, I mean, Hannah does not have a great attitude. And we've seen that. That's the reason why. I know what you're saying, but like, I don't, I don't, I kind of like really respect Sandy. There is something she does that annoys me, but like, she is very respectable and she, it's Hannah's attitude. She doesn't like Hannah's attitude. And like, I don't know if I necessarily would either, but right. um, it's giving me some serious sir vibes where they haze the new people. Yes. But <laughs> Hannah so- just hazes anyone that's under her. I mean, it's pretty clear. So Bugsy comes in and within like two minutes, you're already seeing footage of Captain Sandy being like, 
oh, Bugsy, so perfect. Oh, Bugs, you're the best. And it's like, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think she's going to stay second, Stew for the whole season. We'll see. I think there's some more casting well, changes on the horizon. But Well, it's funny because this is anything. now... Oh, don't spoil it. It is now the second time that Bugs has come on from being Chief Stew to Second right. Stew under Hannah. So she has been Chief Stew before, which is Hannah's position. And she's come in as Second Stew under Hannah, which is just like awkward. And like, I get it. You can do what Hannah does. So it's like hard for you to come in and start taking orders. But I feel like a lot of these people, <gasps> that's the lawnmower. Sorry. I feel like a lot of these people um, <laughs> like have good attitudes, but it, it's hard. It, it, listen, as, as a previous chief still, let me tell you, it is hard to deal Shut with. Shut up. <laughs> um, so then also this week, we are continuing to see them, I guess, trying to edit Pete as much as possible out of the episode. They did a better job this week. We didn't get more of his sob story about having meningitis, but there still were some moments where I was like, we didn't really need that little clip of him making a joke or whatever, but whatever, we'll see how that goes. But you'll take it for now. But we do (laughs) see him. I'm fully okay with them leaving in footage that make him look like an asshole because he obviously is. And so he gives Malia and Captain Sandy some some sass on the radio when they're trying to leave yeah, the dock. Okay. Awkward AF. So Malia calls him out for having sarcasm on the radio because he's basically saying, okay, I'll put back your very important ground line. You you thought it was sarcasm, right? Yeah. He, okay. And this is the second time where he's pr- played the, uh, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that. And I'm right, like, he, it's it just like when he was like, oh, like, I called you sweetheart. And then yeah. Yeah, this you time did. he's like, this time he's like, well, no, like, I was saying that I'll put back the ground line, which is very important. And it's like, no, that's not how people <laughs> talk. But nice try. Um, it's it is. I see like Captain Sandy's. Fr- I have to like say Captain Sandy because I just like watched the episode where the whoever it was called her Sandy, and she was like, "Whoa, <laughs> slow your roll." Like I'm not your friend. I'm your captain. But like the lines are like super important. Not being sarcastic because they can like kill you. Right. Like there's no there's no reason to be like if you make a mistake, you make a mistake, fix it. But there's no reason to be acting like it's not a big deal. Yeah, and can I just say that, so for those of you who don't know me, I am a picky eater and like, I don't, I wouldn't go on a super yacht because, well, no, I would, but I wouldn't eat like anything. I'm that person that goes to like a five-star restaurant and I'm like, can I just have some plain pasta, please? So like, I have to say that watching Chef Kiko make his food, like it made me like, impressed and yeah, i don't even eat that job. and i was like those mashed potatoes look good like i eat that but like the squid ink and all the fish and blah blah, blah. like i don't eat seafood but i'm like huh maybe i should start experimenting no because no. you see on these shows sometimes sometimes the captain or the chief stew will kind of be like oh you should probably step up the food a little bit like it's yeah. not it's supposed to be like fine dining like because, I mean, there have been chefs before where they'll make, like, a plate of nachos or do, like, taco night or, like, pizzas. Well, and the chef I, that made the nachos is no longer on the boat. <laughs> I, get, I get that you want it to be a, a luxurious experience, but look, sometimes a taco night is exactly what I want. 
Right. Like I, they're paying for like the experience and food is a huge experience, but like you don't have to have caviar and escargot three meals a day. Like you can have a fucking pancake in the morning, you know? Um, <laughs> I was, wait, there was like a moment fruit. where they were pouring from a, the world's most gigantic rosé bottle around the table. A magnum. It was probably a magnum, <laughs> but like I, I know about it, but it's I funny. I so bad watching so here's the here's the similarity i see in both like below deck med or regular and million dollar listing yeah is hear me out the people that come on the yachts are uh, some of them could be a little entitled same as the people looking to buy multi-million dollar houses. Like they mm-hmm. seem entitled and they don't treat, let's say this, the crew or the people selling the houses with respect. And these people are just doing their job, you know, like it's hard to watch sometimes. I'm just like, oh my God, were these people born without respect? Or are they just like are on vacation right now and feel like the need to just like push it? Yeah. I, the- Obviously, with the charter guests, there are some that are really egregiously bad, and there are some that are just, I mean, yeah, they're like rich people on their vacation and whatever, but I think that would be one of the hardest things about working on one of those boats, is that it's like, no matter what, unless somebody does something that's so awful, which like, there there was a moment on um, Sailing Yacht, the, the season that just ended, there was a charter where the guests were these like big muscly guys and they, one of them kept like picking up one of the stewardesses. Yeah. And she was like, please put me down. Like, I don't like that. And that's the kind of thing where that's just like straight up. Not okay. Yeah. These service jobs really. So much of that job is just giving people what they want. And you know, we saw on this episode, the charter guests didn't get back on the boat till like, 5 a.m. and Hannah has to be there like pretending she's having a good time serving them like right like they forget that she was working since breakfast and like there's always gonna be someone there but they're not sleeping (laughs) yeah you have Um, to bite your tongue with these um people and whatever um I'm still trying to get on a yacht Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the 
side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. But in Million Dollar Listing LA this week, um, it was not like, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't like filled with drama. It was an okay episode. It wasn't like bad. It was just interesting. We kept discussing how Tracy actually wasn't in this episode, but good news is like we mentioned, we have the interview with her after this. So like you, you can listen to her all you want. But um, this episode was interesting because they were showing this house and usually in real estate, well, not usually, typically the buyer, the sellers are not at the listings. It's just like in, it's just an unspoken rule. Like they're, they're not, but if they want to be, it's hard for the, like the real estate agents Broker, to be like, yeah. no. Yeah. So for example, they were there this episode and not only were they there, they played the guy's in a band and he set up his entire band on his roof deck and performed at this listing. And like, I didn't know how it would go, but I wasn't the one making commission on this house. Like if it went bad, but the Altman brothers were like loving eventually, like they, they, you know, they try to like spice it up, but it it did go well. I thought it was going to be so cringe and it actually turned out being cool just because it was, it was a good way for them to show off that this house had this awesome roof deck. Right. They love, they, it, they're so good at like turning that around and being like, this is how you can like have a party here. And I'm like, oh my God, they're so smart. Like I wouldn't have like thought about that, but. It's funny when we were talking to Tracy, we talked about kind of how they come up with these different ideas to market these houses. And it's funny. Cause when I think about, I mean, look, I've never bought a house let's be clear but when I think about if I were looking at properties to buy I'm like I don't know I guess I'd go to like an open house like I would just like walk around and look at the house but I guess when you're buying these multi-million dollar pieces of property it's a little more a little more thought goes into it like you're not gonna buy Howard Hughes's old house just because you like read a listing in the paper right but like I would you know (laughs) i am like any like any store or anything they see me coming from like a mile away they're like this girl like she'll buy anything we sell to her which not doesn't go for everything but also for this particular house um i didn't like it but so i wouldn't buy it but the only thing i did like was the sunken living room i don't know if you know like i okay because brings me back to my childhood in as told by ginger do you know that you met you know the show as told by Ginger. yeah i didn't watch it that much but i know what it is okay well i completely forgot the girl's name but she has a bedroom it's a sunken bed no it wasn't ginger and it wasn't courtney it was the friend <laughs> the bed was in the ground like a sunken bed and i've always um, yeah. wanted that so like seeing that in this house was like pretty cool but another thing that this is i want to talk about this episode is what I was saying with below deck where Josh flag was like bringing this one woman around forgot what area, but she didn't like any of the houses. And I feel like you come up with a list of things that you want, AKA like the preference sheet. And then you go see like what there is. And because it doesn't hit like every bullet point of your preference sheet, doesn't mean that the, like the broker wasn't doing a good job. Like you may change your mind if you see something. 
that lady was so obnoxious because she literally gave him no input and then so he brought her to two houses essentially with no information to go on and then she's having this heart to heart with him like look i really like you as a person but i just these two houses that you've shown me just don't make me feel confident and he's like bitch what do you want wait but then he goes i've I met you yesterday. He goes, I know I've known you for a day. I was like, wait, that's actually really funny because it made it seem like she had all of her trust in this person. They've had a, they built a relationship and he's like, bitch, I'm just trying to do my job. Like, I don't know what the fuck you want to live in. Right. A guest house. I get if you don't have like a full, full, full list of exactly what you want. Like it's, it's hard to put it into words until you see it sometimes. But like you have to give some criteria. You can't just like throw out a price and be like, eh, anything. I don't know. I I would be so bad at that job, I think. Like it just- Which I, job, I don't buying see. or selling? <laughs> Probably both. Uh, the, it's crazy because it's like the thought of ever buying a house is just like- more than I can fathom right now not like not even only from a money standpoint which like yes I don't I couldn't afford to buy a house right now but the thought of like the commitment of buying a house and just like the stress and like I don't know how to apply for a mortgage or like get inspections done or any of that shit like I'm just not meant for that and maybe someday I will be but those are all adult words and like we don't know. When they're like, oh yeah, it's an escrow, 90, 16 day closing, four day expe- inspection, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay. Like, like, what? I like theoretically <laughs> know what that stuff means, but if I had to do it myself, I would be petrified. Like, leave <laughs> us to just watching reality shows. Thank you. Um, <laughs> who was your Bravo Love of the Week? I am really liking on Below Deck Med. I'm liking Alex, the the deckhand yeah. who mm-hmm. he's cute, and I sense a little flirtation between him and Bugsy, which I could be into. We'll see if that goes anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm liking both of these new seasons so far, and I'm excited to keep up with them. It's a good. It's like it's we're getting into a good groove with Bravo again. I'm excited. Yeah, my Bravo love um is actually a rando. It's Josh Altman's wife, Heather, because she said something that I enjoyed. She, on a phone conversation in this episode, he, she was like talking to Josh about being like, he's like number one seller. And she's like, yeah, remember it's better to be like second, third or fourth. She's like, I've had a lot of practice with boyfriends, AKA like he wasn't her number one boyfriend. (laughs) And I thought that was like so funny. (laughs) I feel like she has the ideal perfect life. I couldn't agree more with that. The <laughs> ideal, okay. perfect life. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening. Don't go anywhere. We have our interview with Tracy. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, join our Facebook group, Bravo by Betches. And after the interview, we will see you tomorrow for Real Housewives of New York.
I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Welcome back, guys. We are now joined by Tracy Tudor, author, real estate agent, and star of Bravo's hit show, Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles. Tracy, welcome. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How have you been in quarantine and whatever month it is now? How long it's I, been? I, I, it's like like day hundred and ten by now. I, I'm uh, I'm hanging in there. Believe it or not, LA um, is not a terrible place to be quarantined because at least we have like a backyard. I can spend some at least walk outside to my backyard. It's loosened up a little bit in the last you know four weeks, but. Now, as we were talking about just before we jumped on here, it's going to tighten up again. So yeah, here we go. It's a it's a weird time because I think people people really really want to go back to normal, but it's like not not quite yet. But you know, we're all just figuring out how to kind of navigate this. Crazy well, it's situation. sort of like it's like once you throw it out there and you're like, all right, everybody, doors are open. It's hard to get everybody to go back in. It's like we all just were waiting to 
be able to work again and, you know, obviously see friends and family and all of that. And then they were like, Oh, whoops, we spoke too soon. Everybody <laughs> slow. I feel roll. like it's like letting kids out for recess and you're like trying to get them all to come back in to go to class. Yeah. Like that's, it's, it's sad, but that's a good analogy, but, um, right. and, and they haven't had recess in, in six months. <laughs> I know, it's so sad. Um, Speaking of coronavirus, though, how has that affected the real estate business and the industry as we are trying to adjust back to normal in general? Yeah. um, Obviously, in the beginning of all of this, you know, definitely March, April, and May, we were pretty much at a halt. No one was moving on anything. I had probably lost 25 million in sales uh, that we were in escrow on and we couldn't show property. So in essence, real estate didn't exist anymore. Um, And then, you know, they slowly but surely started in California to open up um, the restrictions and allow us to show property, obviously with uh, masks and gloves and there's like a whole procedure that we have to mm-hmm. take and once we were able to do that of course the seller has to agree to that then we started opening up and being able to start showing property again and now you know it's July 1 I'm very bu- I'm busy buyers are out um, people are buying the three to five million dollar market I mean my partner was showing nine houses yesterday of the 15 that she was looking into showing, I think five went under contract in multiples and the one that they are ultimately writing on has five offers on it. So, you know, obviously- Now for those listening, that's good, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, not so good good for the buyers that are like, hey, wait a minute, I'm out in front of it here. I'm buying in sort of a crazy time. Where my, you know, 50% 50% discount. Well, in mm-hmm. different markets and different price points, we're not experiencing that at all. As a matter of fact, you know, I think there are a people that are on the East Coast that are in their apartments that are like, yeah, you know, LA is not such a bad idea. I want to stay, <laughs> you know, I want to stay in a cosmopolitan city because I have to for work, but maybe backyard wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So we are seeing buyers come from the East Coast um, and and start, they're starting to look again, which is positive for the local market, but nationally it is still, you know, a challenge. Is it, do you think that real estate is kind of a good business to be in now that things are opening up because, you know, you can show a home and, you know, have one potential buyer come in and then clean everything and have another, or is it really, is it still kind of feel touch and go and it's unclear how things are going to go in the future? To be honest, I'm not sure if they're going to shut down tomorrow and start restricting again. Our offices are now not opening up um, as they anticipated they were going to. Um, So everybody is still working from home. Luckily in my business, I'm never in the office anyway. Um, Right. But uh, I I do think that, uh, you know, we're taking the necessary precautions so that, you know, we don't have buyers coming in and touching things. Um, All the doors are always open. Um, our preference is that you walk through with a mask and gloves. And if you have questions, then we can stand outside and talk about that after the showing. Um, the goal is to get everybody, you know, particularly in the higher end market, no one is buying real estate sight unseen for $10 million or even (laughs) 5 million. I mean, it's crazy. 
I mean, I can't even imagine spending a million dollars or $500,000 on anything if I haven't been in it. So the idea of the, the virtual showing is, I think, a little bit of a farce. I think people have to see and feel and touch their asset. I mean, it, for most people, the, the most expensive asset they own. Um, and so making sure we can get them in there safely and um, allow people to see property and feel like they're going to be in an environment that's safe for them is important to us. Right. So Dylan and I actually noticed this before that each episode this season has been a bit longer, which I enjoy because I don't want it to end. I'm like, Ooh, are they good? <laughs> but um, on the show, we see that you have some drama with David. <laughs> have you guys um, cleared the air? Uh, where do you stand right now? Honestly, that was, that was over as fast as it began. I mean, <laughs> I was like, and you know what? Everybody has their favorite on the show and their opinions about, you know, how I handled it or how David approached it or whatever. But the truth is I stand by everything I did and everything I do in general. So when you're coming from that place, there's not a lot to argue about. Um, right. I wa- Even I watching, I was like, he's going against Tracy. Oh, gosh. Well, I know. I was like, are you sure you want to have this conversation without James? <laughs> well, but, but, but that's the truth. I mean, I, you know, when I am comfortable in what I said, I'm going to stand up and, and you all caught, you know, a blip of it and right. you, you don't know the entire story, but if you knew how editing what, usually works, <laughs> well, no, because you weren't with me when I sat right. in an appointment right. with that client and they were creepy to say the least. And, you know, they were, you know, making all these gestures about David and how much they love David. And I was like, excuse me, I'm the one that drove an hour, 20 minutes to sit down at your folding table for your $1.7 million house. And David, bless his heart, is like at the Beverly Hills Hotel meeting with his developer client for lunch. And he handed this off to a manager in the Pasadena office. So let's get it straight. I'll be honest, I, w- I wasn't a big fan of that house from what we saw on the show. <laughs> I know, I was like, um, Two it reminded me of like, by the way, you guys know for a fact that David went to that appointment and met with him after he heard that I said he's not showing up to that appointment. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> I it, I love the I love the drama on million dollar listing because I feel like it's it's so specific to what you guys do for the most part that it's it's really fun to get invested in it because at the end of the day it usually just revolves around business and you guys it doesn't it's not as deep on some of the other reality shows yeah. where you guys don't hate each other you don't have you know these blood feuds it's just it's just business and at the end of the day I think that makes it so fun. Yeah, I mean, of course. You know, there are moments where in any competitive business, you're going to have a little bit of that dialogue. And and I'm glad David confronted me about what he confronted me about. I mean, it makes for sort of a, like a, we're all friends at the end of the day. We all actually really enjoy each other and appreciate each other. And we all have very different styles. So um, for us, the show is about real estate and we try to stay as true to that as we possibly can. Um, you know, not to say that there isn't any drama behind the scenes. I mean, you should go to the outtakes. <laughs> but it, that's not what the show is about. The show is about real estate um, in Los Angeles 
and um, we were lucky to be a part of it. Yeah. So speaking of real estate in Los Angeles, this season we're seeing a very special piece of property, which is your home on the show. <laughs> is it, was it extra pressure for you coming into the season, knowing that you were going to be listing your house and showing that to the viewers? Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, obviously I got a lot of flack when I got a divorce and um, that happened at the end of the first season that I was on the show. And so, you know, this was just having to sort of re-enter that again, like Tracy's selling our house and, you know, I was moving on in my life from being married to someone and together with someone for 17 and a half years and I was ready to move on, but I had to put the house up for sale and that was a piece of it. And there's mm -hmm. people that just don't, they just don't understand it. And, you know, to each his own, but I was ready for a new chapter in my life. I think my kids were ready for a new chapter and now we're living on the other side of town and it's, uh, it's been an exciting time for us. But that process was tough, letting go of the control of you know, managing this, my own sale, but I handed it off to what I think is the best in the business. And that's my team. So <laughs> <laughs> I loved seeing that. I loved how it was a personal aspect on the show combined with your business. So I really enjoyed it. Plus I loved actually seeing your house because it is <laughs> magnificent, but oh gosh, um, wait till you see, wait till you see, like, I think, I don't know when the, the episode is going to air. Your new house? Imagine maybe. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 no. Wait till you see, um, at once I kind of stage it and tweak it, like uh, that was in the beginning phase. This episode that you guys saw was in the beginning phases of, so I, you know, again, I don't get to see the episodes until the night before. So I think next week we might see a little bit more of mm. just the transformation of the house and all the work I put into it before listing it. Now that actually, um, I have been wondering this for a while, even watching the show. When you guys come up with your marketing techniques for each listing that you do, especially your own, like where do you come up with those and how outside of the box do you actually have to go for each listing? Oh. It depends on the listing, right? right? And, and we try to take a different approach with every property depending on who the client is, what the goal of the property is and how it's priced. So, right. Cause you just said staging your house and like, but for us, a viewer, your house was, is beautiful. So I'm just like, how different would you stage yeah. it? But you would know that, not me. <laughs> yeah. So for, for me, I wanted to take a little bit of the personal touches that I mm -hmm. had put in the house. Um, I had a lot of friends and a lot of time in that house and in that community and I felt like it was important that I sort of refreshed it because so many people had loved the house that were friends of mine that had seen it. But I wanted to take that emotion piece out of it for potentially anyone that I knew that might be coming through it. Like I'm buying Tracy's house and this is some sort of sad thing. Um, I wanted it to be like a fresh, new, like exciting experience for someone walking through. So that's why I staged it. And I'm glad I did because ultimately... I think, you know, the house was listed at 23.9 million and we put it in escrow and closed, um, I want to say in under 90 days. Wow. Um, so <laughs> now that you've been on the show for a few years, do you feel like your approach or kind of your business has changed much in that time? Or do you feel like the show is really 
um, just kind of a, a way to show off what you do. <laughs> I was going to say, well, i.e. cut to the listing appointment that I had in Pasadena with the creepy guy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, I mean, of course, my business has changed for the positive. I've, I've, I've expanded opportunity for myself and have, you know, won some really great business from it, which is exciting for me. And that's the reason I did it. Um, you know, I, I knew that I had an opportunity that I couldn't pass up by being on a show like this and I had to take it. And I'm glad that I did because, you know, my business is growing. I used to be a one man show with an assistant and now I have had to figure out how to scale a team and what that, and that's like a whole transition in and of itself. But, um, you know, again, it's paying off. That's exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so next week we're seeing that, Frederick is coming on and I personally am excited. And I know that a lot of other people fans are, how do you feel about him being in the mix and does it change? Are you involved with him at all? I love him. Fred is the best. So, um, I welcome Fred to LA and I think everybody on the cast does. I think, you know, Josh and Fred had, obviously a a misunderstanding or, you know, a disconnect there for a period of time, but that's sort of all behind us now. I mean, we're, I mean, we got bigger fish to fry at the end of the day. Like we all have families. He's got, you know, the twins, there's a new puppy in the mix, like Josh and Heather have like a whole, like they just moved into their house. It's just nuts. So to like (laughs) argue, argue over, you know, the minutia of all of that really seems like particularly, again, with the world and the, that we're living in right now, like just not that important. So for me, I love having Frederick around. He's funny. He's like, he's just, we have, we, we socialize together. Frederick's at my house working out all the time. So oh, you're going to say he's there right now. I was like, <laughs> no, he, he has been like, like a couple of times. He like, he trains in my garage with my trainer and oh. um, a couple, a couple of times like, you know, we'll work out together. So, you know, he's a good friend. I like him a lot. It's fun to kind of tie together because obviously people love million dollar listing in both New York and LA. And it's fun to have that tie. Cause I think Frederick is such a, great personality that it's like whatever show he's on it's always going to bring something exciting to the table yeah I agree and I always welcome like the more personality on this show the better it gives you guys someone else to focus on (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious what did you think about that the Razor House in San Diego the first time you went there on the show that Altman and Flagg are selling together Oh, the I you know believe it or not I have actually I've represented quite a few like architectural you know Frank Geary's John Lautner's so I'm like very accustomed to that type of architecture and how to sell it okay. so I immediately got it I just think it's a different it's not like you know for it's not for a family of five right. But, <laughs> But, you know, that's not what they were trying to sell it to uh, or not who they were trying to sell it to. And I think, um, you know, walking through the house was really fun. I mean, I would make a couple of changes for myself personally, but I thought the house was really, really spectacular. I was like, what do you even do with a piece of property like that? (laughs) Yeah, like how, like, where's the debt? do you Where live there? Is Do you live in it? Like, what do you do? I'm like, I live in a one bedroom apartment, but I'm like, okay, it's fine. <laughs> well, no, 
know. You're like, I just feel like I should be drinking a martini and like, oh. you know, like always yeah. dressed to the night. Like there's no right. like, TV, <laughs> there's no moment for sweats in that house, you know? Like you have to wear a tux all the time if I were yeah. in that house. <laughs> the fact that they couldn't decipher which master was the master, I was like, oh my gosh, like that, <laughs> what, that this house is fancy. Um, by, by the way, like watching the dynamic between the two of them and how different oh their styles are is like, uh-huh. I mean, it just added to like the drama of the house. Like they're just, they're hysterical together. Dylan was actually saying that to me when we were chatting about it last week. He like the watching them is funny because like, I guess in this show, they're like the not enemies, but you know, like they right. don't sell together so watching them i enjoyed that a lot that was fun to watch but so uh, during quarantine you've been cooking or winding down <laughs> well <laughs> i was maybe in that was maybe in the first half of quarantine i was cooking a, like a lot now i'm like ex- i'm like i'm exhausted let's just order in but um in the beginning i was i was really enjoying it and you know, obviously we're going through something incredibly difficult in our world and this pandemic has affected everybody in a multitude of ways. But that time on the first part of it, once the initial sort of absolute terrifying fear started to wear off and you knew you just had to do what you had to do to kind of follow the rules and and survive really, it became like this welcome sort of forced break, um, I think on all of us, where we all had to kind of stop and remind ourselves on you know, truly what's important to us. And when you're locked in a house with the people that you love and you, know, you, find, a way, you find a way to make it fun again. And I actually, it was refreshing for me. Like it's been a long time since I've been forced to kind of stay home and not necessarily for the reasons I want, but I have to tell you, like, there was like a little bit of an awakening for me in that. And I, I, you know, um, if, if we didn't have to do it for so long, I would say I'd welcome it like, <laughs> like, like once a year for two weeks, if we all like had to stop and not travel and not be on social media and be home and just like, embrace like breathing again I think that's a probably Mm -hmm. a healthy thing for everybody yeah and so we don't know exactly when all of this is going to be over but very soon you have something really exciting happening which is your book is coming out yeah I do um it's called fear is just a four-letter word wait I have it right here I just actually got my first like real copy that's exciting they had said Thank you. Yeah, they had sent me the cover of it, but inside of it was like someone else's book. So that was like, (laughs) (laughs) so now I actually have my my own book. And that's like ordering something online and you getting something and you're like, I didn't order that. You're like, I didn't write this. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, But now I have it and it's, it's just really, it's exciting. And, you know, considering again, everything that we're going through, you know, life kind of shoots stuff at you in different ways and you have the opportunity to embrace where you are with it or fight it. And I chose to embrace it and launch this book. Um, and it will be out July 14th. And it, it's all about fear and it's all about embracing that fear and figuring out how to make it empower you, particularly in business, 
when you're walking, when you're dealing with power dynamics and you're walking into rooms full of executives or powerful people that um, may take shots at you because you bring in some, some positive light or great energy or confidence and they don't want to see it. Um, so it was a cathartic six months of mm -hmm. like in day in and day out of writing it. Um, and we're kind of like almost there. So it's, um, terrifying <laughs> and, um, I, I am standing by that, <laughs> but I'm excited <laughs> to share it with everybody and, and hopefully people enjoy it. You're like glowing talking about it. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's, it's like a, I get a little flust. I get flustered because it really is. You know, you talk about, you know, I'm preaching taking chances to people, um, and and how I've gotten to where I've, you know, I have. But it took me 20 years to figure it out. So I failed like 9,000 times along the way, and I wrote this so that I could share it with like, you know, the younger generations and kind of say, hey. You have an opportunity here to kind of figure it out faster than I did um, by learning from my own mistakes and sort of let me kind of help you the way that, and if you resonate with me, then I think the book will, but it ultimately is a, a, a big chance on my part. So I'm throwing it out there and I hope that everybody enjoys it and embraces the book the way I intended it to be. I'm so excited to see more of what's in the book because I feel like your energy on the show is so you know, you're just, a, you have badass energy and you don't back down from any situation. So I'm sure everyone could have a little more of that in their life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're so sweet. I like badass energy. I'll take that. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I just did the Audible book like two weeks ago. Um, and it was the first time that I had actually read the book, Start to Finish. And of course, out loud with my own voice. And it was like a bizarre moment. Like I had to like exit the building when I was done and like take a beat because first of all, there was like a couple chapters where I said, okay, well, you're not taking your own advice, dummy. Like <laughs> read, that, read that chapter again. But, but more importantly, um, like I just had that moment where I went, wow, this is happening and I did it and I was so terrified of that process and I got to the end of it because I put myself out there and no matter what happens and how people actually do receive it, um, it's, uh, it was a really rewarding thing. And, and, and I think anybody that's ever written a book um, understands that whether they had success with it or not. So um, reading it out loud, I think was like a real moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, my my light here is dying. <laughs> Bye, Dylan. <laughs> but I think that is a that is a perfect note to end on. Yes. It, it, everybody, go out and buy Tracy's book for sure. Pre-order July fourteenth. It comes out. And yeah. watch watch Million Dollar Listing LA uh, Tuesdays at nine on Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so Tracy, much, thanks Tracy. thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> that was so fun. Good luck getting your lights back on there. <laughs> it's, it's all good. <laughs> Bye, Tracy. Bye. Thanks. Bye. 
Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.